afternoon america and good afternoon texas how is everyone doing on this wednesday afternoon thank you all for joining us if you are here with us whether that is in spirit or that is in person we are most happy to oops sorry about that guys we're most happy to have you all alongside with us on this journey we're popping in for a short afternoon session here ladies and gentlemen and uh, that would be for an afternoon session of Lone Star News. Um, and uh, you guys might know about Lone Star News or not. We typically don't, uh, typically don't show up on a Wednesday afternoon. But boy, we have got a lot of ground to cover as uh, Texas primary elections are less than one week away, ladies and gentlemen. And so that is why we are here today on this Wednesday afternoon, and today is Wednesday, February 16th, 2021. Don't be mistaken, this month is more than half over. We're about to uh, trek into the Ides of March, ladies and gentlemen. We all know the Ides of March is a fun place to be. So, uh, well, all I got to say is, are we going to beware them this year or not? Okay, enough diddly-daddly. Let's not be playing around too much, guys. Uh, we're coming to you live over at uh, favorite stations such as pill.net, foxhole.app. We are live on Rumble, Twitch, and we are also live on Clout Hub, ladies and gentlemen, this afternoon. Uh, so as I said, we are doing uh, just, we'll be here for about an hour today. Uh, today is my busy day for uh, live streaming, broadcasting, and sharing some news and events with you guys. And I really just could not ignore, I just, so much stuff with, is going on here, so maybe I should just uh, stop the theatrics and get on with it, right? It's kind of what you're saying, Mr. C. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and head into it. We're going to be talking some Texas primary news, uh, and uh, let's not forget, we are also going to be having a guest on the show uh, that'll be Friday evening over at the Sea Report. Uh, we'll be having Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on for an in-person interview with yours truly, uh, your host, that is me, Michael Aaron Gossett, otherwise known as Mr. C. And uh, we're looking forward to that very much so, ladies and gentlemen. So that should be some fun stuff. But without further ado, I say we just hop right into it. I got about an hour of uh, showtime that I'd like to uh, go over some information. We're going to talk... Uh, Texas primary elections. We're going to look at some of the ballot. Now, we're not going to do a deep dive into the ballot. I would say look forward to a show like that coming up 
closer to the weekend. I know we're cutting it close, ladies and gentlemen. I know we are cutting it close. Uh, but with any luck and any uh, good good um, good fortune, uh, you, ladies and gentlemen, my Texas audience, can forward these shows, link them up to your social media accounts for anyone who uh, might be wondering what the heck are we voting on. Now, let's not uh, let's not be mistaken, guys. This ballot is a hefty ballot. Uh, there are a lot of uh, choices to vote for this primary season. I am quite fortunate that in my district, there are only two candidates. One is a Democrat and one is a Republican. So it's pretty obvious uh, who I'm going to be voting for on election day. But nevertheless, we'll still take a look around at that candidate um, trying to get um, trying to get the good man on the show for uh, interface so that the audience can get to know him. Uh, you know, he is going to be running for a uh, 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 congressional representative here in San Antonio. Uh, and that's my locale. So it should be a fun time. Hopefully we can get him on. And uh, if he wins the primary, and I don't know, I kind of feel like he should because uh, his, uh, his, his incumbent challenger is just a piece of trash. And I'm hoping that the people of San Antonio could recognize that. And, you know, I like to project forward and positive guys, but San Antonio is usually pretty hopeless, right? I guess, it, I guess there's a reason why I had to come back to this, this place. But uh, nevertheless, San Antonio and uh, beyond, uh, we're looking forward to uh, what we have to come. So, you know, AOC was recently in San Antonio. Now, I mean, it stands to reason that I would not have known she was here because I don't follow this little Twitter head around and uh, I just don't really care to have anything to do with her. But, you know, it would have been fun to have heckled her. You know, I, I'm sure I would have controlled myself and resisted the urge to, I don't know, throw a tomato at her or something like that. But uh, it still would have been fun, I guess. And of course, she was here. Uh, she was here rabble rousing and, uh, you know, stumping for um, uh, failing Democrat progressive candidates in the area. Well, we'll see how that goes, guys. OK, so uh, when we're talking about the primary elections, OK, now uh, just a heads up, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to have a swamp creature or two on the screen here. One's going to be a genuine swamp creature and one's going to be a swamp creature of the rhino variety. Uh, so just so you know, we have pretty much uh, we have uh, pretty much one big contender on the Democrat side. Now, this is a guy that nobody who's anybody who's uh, right of center or even center in some instances can stand this guy. This guy's got the biggest chip on his shoulder. This guy thinks he is God's gift to mankind. And I don't care how endowed this guy is. OK, this guy is just a terrible, terrible individual. You guys probably know who I'm talking about yeah we're talking about this man here we're talking about oh god the uh, the little troll prince himself beto o'rourke he who uh he who wants to uh base his decisions on uh pro-life or pro-choice around business models okay like you know he he believes that uh, uh abortion should be decided by the free market and business basically pay no attention to humanity, pay no attention to the gift of life, nothing of that sort. Terrible, terrible, terrible man. And, you know, it's funny if you were to put a picture of him and a picture of Ted Cruz next to each other, they both look like they're kind of like 
brothers of the same goblin like brute like he looks like a little goblin like okay anyways okay let's not get personal let's talk not talk about personal appearances here guys <laughs> but uh let's see what uh let's see what we have here on beto o'rourke i mean we got a lot of stuff on him we know he wants to take your guns uh i would say there's a pretty good question about whether or not uh his family uh and he does come from a wealthy family he married into an heiress uh, for, uh, what is it, the, um, uh, what is it, where you build houses and you develop lands? Well, that, okay. My mind, it, it evades me at the moment right now. I just had a cup of coffee. That's one of two, I'm sure, coming, uh, later on this evening. Uh, but yeah, her, her father, his wife, uh, very, very rich man, very wealthy man. We're talking billionaire here, guys. And, um, a very, very big question about whether or not, and then this is speculation on my part, guys. So don't take this to the bank and don't, you know, don't don't quote me as this being uh, as this being um, a hard found truth. But very big speculation that his family could be involved in trafficking uh, many different items across the border as his father-in-law owned a lot of property on the El Paso, New Mexico, Mexico border uh, and developed a lot of land out there and uh, as with within the last five or six years, he's been selling off a lot of that property. Gee, I wonder why. But we also know that there are a bunch of train and rail tracks that run through this land. A lot of it is undeveloped. And so you got to be wondering, uh, are they uh, part and parcel of running humans, running drugs, running, uh, running who knows what weapons across those train tracks are not supervised by in by any means like it's not like they stop the tracks on private property owned by a billionaire uh, land developer to see whether or not you know he's got human cargo uh, weapons cargo drug cargo and I hear that these uh, these train tracks go all the way as far in as like Chicago and all the way far east as uh, you know uh, like South Carolina so uh, a lot of possibilities coming there that maybe the Beto family, well, let's, let's call him what he is, Robert Francis O'Rourke, the guy who stumps around like he's a Hispanic, but he's far from that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, let me get this guy off the screen. He's, uh, he's making me feel a certain way. Uh, here's this article we have on Beto O'Rourke. O'Rourke claims he's not taking Texans guns after saying he would during his presidential run okay so uh let's see what this uh, has to say about the let's see what this rag has to say about this piece of trash it comes from uh sm corridor corridor news uh, it sounds like san marcus corridor news to me i could be wrong there but uh says here at a campaign event in tyler texas thursday the leading democrat candidate running for governor in texas robert francis o'rourke said he was not interested in taking away texas guns this is the guy who cannot cannot tell a difference between a sub-automatic an automatic uh and uh, a weapon of war uh, i mean admittedly i am not a gun person myself not meaning that i don't like guns just meaning i don't know a whole lot about guns uh but anyhow uh, he said that he would, he vowed to take the guns away from Texans when he was running for president in 2019. When asked about his position on gun ownership, he said, I'm not interested in taking anything from anyone. What I want to make sure that we do is defend the Second Amendment. Oh, how their tune changes. How on earth are you going to defend the Second Amendment when you are more than happy to sign up for red flag gun laws and uh, you can't even tell the difference between an automatic and, uh, like I said, anyways, guys, <laughs> I want to make sure, says this liar, 
that we protect our fellow Texans far better than what we're doing right now, and that we listen to law enforcement. Oh, coming from a man who supports Black Lives Matters and defunding the police, says Beta O'Rourke. Uh, which Governor Abbott has refused to do so. Okay, so uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of thinking that uh, even though Abbott is a big old rhino, he's uh, done more to listen to law enforcement than Beto O'Rourke has. Um, it says, uh, we're not even going to read the rest of this. Wait, wait, wait. He turned his back on them when he signed the permitless... Oh, okay. I Here's the spin, Beto. Beto believes that rhino Abbott turned his back on law enforcement... When Abbott uh, signed that permitless carry bill that endangers the lives of law enforcement in a state that sees more cops and sheriff deputies gunned down than in any... Really? We have more cops and sheriffs gunned down than in New York? Is that... In, than in Chicago? Than in California? Uh, where are you getting your sources from, dear Robert Francis? I just... I wonder about that. You know, in response... Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's forget, Robert Francis is also forgetting, maybe this is where Robert Francis is getting that demographic from. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that we have open borders and we have criminals and who knows who else running across the borders, gunning down all of our sheriffs and our deputies. Oh, you know, he might be onto something there. He might be actually true, but then again, this lie of omission Robert Francis O'Rourke is telling us is that it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, we have a wide open border and he supports that too. He, he believes in, in, in a borderless world, right? Uh, co uh, countries without borders, right? That's this bleeding heart progressive here. Let's not, let's, not, let's not get it twisted. This socialist sympathizing communist in disguise progressive Democrat, okay, is lying out of his wazoo and a lie of omission is still a lie out of his wazoo, okay? It's still a lie, regardless, ladies and gentlemen. In response, one of Abbott's Republican challengers, a former state senator, Don Huffines, a strong Second Amendment advocate, tweeted, does he really think Texans are going to believe this? Well, Mr. Huffines, thank you so much for backing up the rest of we uh, 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 Texans who can actually comprehend and read between the lines. Another Twitter user posted a screenshot of O'Rourke famously tweeting in 2019, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. In 2019, during a Democrat presidential primary debate, O'Rourke said if he were president, he'd prioritize mandatory buybacks of assault-style weapons. And other news outlets reported this as well. His campaign repeatedly focused on taking away assault-style weapons from Americans. Republican candidate uh, for governor, Lieutenant Colonel retired Alan West, who's also running against Abbott and the GOP primary, said an armed man is a citizen. A disarmed man is a subject. Self-defense is a natural right endowed by our creator to protect our life, liberty and property. The first step a communist government takes in reaching power is confiscating guns from their citizens. This will not happen under my watch. As Governor Abbott signed into law campus carry and permitless carry bills, the first governor of Texas to do so, uh, the state legislature also passed numerous bills protecting gun rights, which he signed into law in the last two legislative sessions. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mark Miner, who is the communications director for Abbott's re-election campaign, said Beto Fran Robert Fran. I'm just going to call him Robert Francis. Okay, guys. I'm not even going to waste my words with uh, Beto unless I'm writing unless I'm rhyming that with the word Pedo. You know, like Pedo, Pedo. I mean, that's how you say it in Spanish, right? Pedo, <laughs> Pedo, Beto. Anyways, that's the only way. That's the only context I'm going to use the word Beto. Okay. Or Bethel, you know, I'll call him Bethel O'Rourke. How about that? You people out there in uh, Texas or those who know a lick of Spanish might get a kick out of that. Bethel O'Rourke. <laughs> Bethel O'Rourke continued trying to reinvent himself by misleading Texans on his support for confiscating guns for law from law-abiding citizens. And Bethel is going to have a real big issue with this because with those open borders and with more Hispanics, Mexican-Americans, Spanish-Americans understanding that it's okay to call yourself conservative or Republican because after all, conservative values are most clearly resonant with the values of many Hispanic and Mexican-Americans... He's going to have a big issue. with. That's why he's changing his tune on the gun thing here, guys. Because Bethel knows, Bethel O'Rourke knows that the values of Mexican-Americans and Hispanic Ameri Hispanics in general are more closely aligned with those of conservatives than any left-leaning left liberal or Democrat progressive socialist policy that he's trying to push through. He's trying to basically uh, pull one over on the people of Texas. I don't think the people of Texas are going to be as stupid as they were when he was running the first time and they were just, I don't know, taken away with his his uh, his foppish looks and, uh, you know, his uh, his uh, uh, senseless rhetoric. OK, let's see here. Uh, Abbott is facing seven primary challengers. O'Rourke is facing five. And the primary election is in March on the 1st. That's Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. We're already here, okay? In 2020, the greatest number of police officers shot were in California. Thank you. In Texas, three, in Texas was second, I guess. Uh, so California, 379. Texas had 300 officers. Uh, both numbers account for less than one half of 1% of each state's total police force, okay? According to FBI data... 70 law enforcement officers were fatally wounded in 2021, with 25 being victims of unprovoked attacks. Another 56 died from accidents and 31 died in motor vehicle crashes. God rest their souls. The reason why so many police officers are being assaulted and shot in Texas and specifically in Harris County, Ray Hunt, executive director of Houston Police Officers Union, told the Center Square is because of illegal immigration, which Beto O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke, Robert Francis supports and activist Democrat judges who are releasing repeat violent criminals onto the streets instead of sending them to jail. Gee, I wonder if uh, Bethel O'Rourke has a plan against activist judges. Uh, does Bethel does O'Rourke have a plan to deal with corrupt judiciary, corrupt district attorneys, corrupt judges? I wonder, Bethel, do you have a plan to deal with that? Because, uh... Well, I know that some people do. I know that some people who are running for governor do. I know one specifically who's already talked about that. And we're going to get to talk with the man on Friday here at Mr. C TV and the Mr. C channel. So we're looking forward to that. So there you go. Texas is the first state that MS-13 people come to from Honduras. 
says this article, it's the first place that MS-13 arrives. Now, we got rid of a lot of MS-13 under President Trump's administration when it was optically in the White House. But uh, since those borders have been open, ladies and gentlemen, that has not been the case. It says here that Bevel and his Democrat challengers support the Biden administration's open border policies. And uh, that is directly causing this surge of crime in Harris County, Texas, and all all across Texas. Let's not forget about the border, guys. Can you imagine how bad it is down there with these open borders down there in Rio Grande Valley, down there where all of my friends are? No, well, you know what they say. Uh, You got a friend in a Texan, you got a friend everywhere in Texas, right? We're all family down here. And uh, yeah, so that's just, that is not good. A bail reform bill that Abbott signed into law last year did not have any impact on Harris County judges who continue to release repeat felony offenders into the community. Houston, the largest city in Texas and in Harris County, has the highest crime overall and homicide rate in the state. Houston should not be South Chicago, says Lieutenant Governor Alan West. If elected for governor, he says judges and DAs who tolerate injustice and embolden criminals will be dealt with. No citizen should be afraid in Texas. Illegals and thugs will be under a West governorship. Sounds like fun, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I know I promised, guys, that uh, we would have a a pretty good overview of uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on our next episode of Lone Star News. That would be this episode. But I tell you what, we'll be talking with the man on Friday here live. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it then, guys. Ooh, I don't know if you guys could see it, but with this photo of Abbott, this eyeball right here kind of looks lizardy but you know we don't talk about those things during the daytime so we're not going to get into it now why do i have a photo of a known rhino and a known communist sympathizer on the same screen because i mean uh, this infighting well it's not really infighting i mean come on the candidates have to do battle right to get the primary spot it's making it you know it's making it kind of easier for beto or bevel i need Bevo O'Rourke, and it, you know, it's kind of making it easier for challengers of Abbott, okay? But I would say, you know, most of the large cities here in Texas, which bleed blue blood, you know, and we're trying to, we're trying to stop the bleeding here, but th- don't get, don't get it twisted though. Texas is not going blue. That's the headline that you're seeing right now ever. Texas is going blue. They always say Texas is going blue every friggin' election season, And, you know, the only reason it would go blue is because a rhino like Abbott is not doing much to prevent election fraud in our state, okay? As evidenced by this sham forensic audit that he's currently running under his administration with this Secretary of State that really, I think, has no fortitude, ladies and gentlemen. No fortitude and definitely no integrity. And he's uh, running around claiming that he's the great, uh, you know, uh, the great um, manufacturer of this forensic audit when we all know it was uh, Joe Esparza, the Secretary of State deputy, uh, who runs the joint, you know, basically behind the scenes and puts up the front that he's just there in the interim. We all know Joe Esparza, the Deputy Secretary of State, is the actual Secretary of State here in Texas, okay? He's been with Abbott's administration from the jump, and Abbott has had five Secretaries of State since he's been in office, okay? 
five secretaries of state. It's a broken office, guys. It's a sham office. It's a fake office. And, well, let's just face it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it needs to be fixed, okay? It needs to be fixed, ladies and gentlemen. All right, now, let's talk about this rhino and this progressive rat right here. Little Pedro O'Rourke. Uh, okay, so like I was saying, the premise of this statement was this. You know that most of these uh, big cities here are blue because of, you know, election fraud, primarily speaking. But when you have a city like San Antonio telling you that uh, Abbott would be the best choice in the GOP nomination, <laughs> you know that this man is absolutely not to be the one. When it comes to Abbott, guys, we got to play this song here. Yeah, it's Rhino Alert, guys. Here's what we got from the San Antonio Express News. Could you get any more bought out, sold out, propaganda, progressive, piece of crap, communist, socialist, sympathizing magazine or newspaper than the San Antonio Express News? I mean, everyone who's anyone in San Antonio is totally sold out, bought out, and they're totally in the pockets of big money. San Antonio is one of the most quietly corrupt cities that you will face in the nation. And definitely the biggest quietly corrupt city in the state of Texas. That is San Antonio. So when San Antonio is running an editorial like this, and keep in mind, all of the major papers in San Antonio were bought out years ago and consolidated into one, the San Antonio Express News. You have an editorial where they're choosing Abbott as the uh, best best governor for Texas on the GOP slot. Now, they're not saying he's the best governor. Uh, let's give it to uh, Bethel O'Rourke. Is what San Antonio is going to be singing once we figure out who the challenger is going to be after the primaries. But here we have them vouching for Abbott. Abbott is the better GOP choice for Texas governor, but there's a major caveat, which means he's a better choice, but we're really going with Beto O'Rourke, is what, uh, you know, the San Antonio Express News is saying. Uh, they say here, we've long said Texas Governor Abbott is at his strongest when he governs in an inclusive way that serves all Texans. Okay, see, they're already setting up their boundaries. They say, assuming Abbott cruises to a win in the upcoming GOP primary and onto a general election challenge from Democrat Bethel O'Rourke, perhaps we will see that type of leadership again. In some ways, it's easy to recommend Rhino Abbott in this year's GOP primary. Just look at his main GOP challengers. Retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Alan West and businessman Don Huffines, a former state senator. They are fire, firebrands who have castigated Abbott as somehow not conservative enough, especially after he issued a statewide mask mandate in July 2020 as COVID-19 was surging across Texas. Now, I can tell you a whole lot more reasons why Abbott is not conservative enough than just allowing this mandate uh, to pass through. Now, it says the mandate was right at the time. Okay, given the lack of vaccines, right, 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 right. We get it. You know, you're, you're bought out, you're sold out, etc. In fact, I might add that the Republican who's running in my district, okay, uh, I'll, I'll save his name for later. I'm, I'm saving for his name for to see if we can get him on the show. But um, he is actually... A CEO for one of the medical centers here in San Antonio, and he's been in the uh, medical industry, administratively speaking, 
for 20 plus years. I'm really curious to know what this man's thoughts are on the whole pandemic situation. But like I said, he's the only Republican on my ticket. So, uh, well, what can I say? We got to get the, we got to get that piece of trash out who, uh, has been, (laughs) who has been, uh, just shaming this city and shaming the state for a number of years, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's get back to this article here. Uh, like I said, I only got about 20 minutes of time. I see I see these peoples out there in the chat room. We got uh, Liz Garcia. Good evening. Good afternoon. Railing on. What's up, buddy? We got Judy, the lady pug. Day tripper. Hey, buddy. I haven't seen you in a liar. We have a blocked user as well. Uh, thank you for the cookie. Thank you for the can. And thank you for the gold pills. Railing on. Liz Garcia and Judy, the lady pug. I appreciate you. I see they're also Dark Sage 9117. You're writing up some pretty uh, heavy paragraphs in my chat room. I wish I could address those right now, but we uh, we only got an hour of time, and I can't get uh, can't get um, can't get sidetracked too much over here. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on with the rest of this article. It says here, uh, um, uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, yeah, they're talking about COVID nineteen. Okay, it says here the question gets to challenge the question. This question gets a challenge. Uh, the recommendation of Abbott has he has bent in response to Huffines and West during this primary. So this has to do with uh, the question about COVID-19. OK, we're going to move off that topic. Uh, it says bring back the governor who modeled inclusive and compassionate leadership in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Let's see the governor who urged the legislature to create the bipartisan Texas Commission on Public School Finance. Uh, this this is this is an article that's written for Democrats and liberals to the benefit of Abbott. But this is uh, this is as good as it's going to get in San Antonio, guys. OK, <laughs> this is good as it's going to get in San Antonio. OK, so, yeah, I don't I don't see a whole lot of promise for any of this, guys, um, as far as Abbott goes. And I, no promise for San Antonio whatsoever. Anyhow, guys, okay, let's take a quick look at the 2022 Texas primary uh, general primary election ballot. Okay, so we're going to do a quick rundown here of what you're going to see on the ticket. Okay, Uh, this is generally speaking. Now, if you have um, if you have uh, different uh, things to vote on in your own district or your own area, they're not going to appear on this ticket. Okay, now we're talking about, uh, you know, anything that are. Um, uh, going to be relegated to your backyard specifically, okay? Uh, but we're going to take a look at what's generally speaking on the primary election ballot. We're not doing a deep dive, but we will do. We'll attempt to do one of those uh, this upcoming weekend. So don't forget, we're going to have Lieutenant Governor. I keep calling him governor. We're going to have Lieutenant Colonel Allen West on the show on Friday. So uh, I would encourage you all to uh, be in attendance and let your family and friends know. Spread the leaks. Get the word out there. As we will have Colonel Allen West on the show with us. Uh, But for sure, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will do a little bit of a bigger inspection on this primary bill. Because there's a lot of people. Look, let me show you guys. Let me show you. Okay, a lot, a lot. There's a lot going on, okay, on this upcoming primary election. Okay, let's start here. Uh, We're going to have, this is the Republican Party primary election ballot, by the way. We're not going to waste our time looking at the Democrats. Um, You know, you're going to have your governors, your lieutenant governor, attorney general, comptroller, commissioner of uh, general land office, commissioner of agriculture, railroad commissioner, we're going to have uh, Justice uh, Supreme Court place number three, Supreme Court Justice place number five, place number nine. 
We're going to have a Court of Criminal Appeals place number two. A lot of judges are going to be on this ticket. So uh, I'm going to be focusing probably primarily on the judges, ladies and gentlemen, whenever we're going into, uh, into looking at this, this uh, ballot. Uh, there's a lot of judges that we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at state senators, okay, as well. Um, and, uh, I feel like this, uh, we got district attorneys guys, like there's going to be a lot coming up a lot, a lot, a lot. There's too, almost too much here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to go through. Um, you know, this just doesn't feel like it's as, um, doesn't feel like it's as, uh, um, thought out this ballot as I would like it to be. Let me see if I can't get us a better one here before I go any further, on this little dig here, let me see here, we're going to pull this up here, and we're going to look at, uh, da, 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 da. you guys can see some of the stories I've been looking at for Texas, Texas primary elections 2022, and that was from the SOS's office, by the way, I should add, do you see how, do you see how, do you see how generic that was from our Secretary of State, what is his name, John Scott, come on, Scott, let's get with the ball here, um, let's see here, uh, Texas voter guide, early voting underway. No, I want to see the ballot, sample ballot. Give me a sample ballot that's worth looking at, not so generic. You see, our, secret, our Texas Secretary of State is doing a terrible job, okay, already. And this is a position that is not elected. It needs to be elected, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot have this you know, where they just, uh, they decide who's going to be our, our secretary of state. It needs to be an elected position, period. We cannot deal with this, uh, you know, them giving titles away to people who we can't even trust. Okay. The people don't even have this, the people don't even have a say over who is running our elections here. What the heck guys that is terrible. All right. Um, let's see if I can find you a better ballot here, guys. Full ballot. Oh, let's see this. Oh, I have to go to KSAT 12 News to get this information. Gee, good job, KSAT 12. Oh, yeah, KSAT 12. Blah. Okay. Okay, so now we're talking. Okay. Let's see what we got here. All right, let me go ahead and expand that on the screen for you guys. Uh, Republican primary candidates, uh, U.S. Representative District 20. <laughs> doesn't show the man's name, but uh, it is Kyle Sinclair. Uh, District 21, you're looking at uh, Chip Roy. <laughs> oh, I promised someone about Chip Roy, didn't I? Is, is she in the audience today? I don't see her in the audience. Don't worry, guys. I got the Chip Roy. I got the Chip Roy quote. Let me tell you why I don't like Chip Roy, okay? Because that man wants to hand our elections over to the federal government, but he claims he is a conservative. Hello? Oh, I guess you can be a conservative, but not a constitutionalist. I guess that's fair game, right, Chip? Anyways, that's not my district, so I guess I don't have to compare, uh, com complain too much about it. But uh, look at this. District 21. If you're in District 21, you've got your work cut out for you. you got four rep uh, representatives, uh, candidates running for that district. District 23, you're looking at three different representatives, okay? Uh, 28, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different candidates running in District 28. District 35, guys, now this is the one that I believe is gerrymandered beyond compare. This district runs from San Antonio all the way through Austin, okay? It, 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 it covers Austin, New Braunfels, Buda, 
Kyle, uh, San Marcos, uh, it covers San Antonio, Universal City. What the hell's up with that? It's like someone said, let's just have a district that runs up I-35. And it, how many of those people, th those are major townships and cities in our state. How is that fair? And this district has been a Democrat for God knows how long, okay? Uh, so I would say definitely, and look at how many Republicans you have here to split the vote, right? How many candidates do you have to split this vote? So God, I used to live in this district, okay? You've got your work cut out for you guys. Like, uh, you've got your work cut out for you. Now, as far as governors go, we have Danny Harris. Now, on our last episode of Lone Star News, we actually went through all of these governors. Ex well, uh, briefly, we went through these governors, okay? We talked about Danny Harris. Uh, Danny Harris, this guy coming out of nowhere, he looks like a liberal. Uh, Baroness Candy Cane, Candy Cane, a Candy Cane, right? Baroness Candy K. Horn, okay? Who is who is who has received endorsements from the likes of uh, Pedo Jackson Lee over there in Houston? Yeah, I don't know if we could really trust Candy K Horn. Okay, Rick Perry, who I think this is it's not the former governor. Obviously, this would be uh, you know some guy from you know up north in Texas who, even though made the front lines uh, front front page news because of his name, still they refuse to show you a picture, still they refuse to give you a biography, still nothing about Rick Perry other than the fact that this is probably just a filler candidate meant for low-information voters to go be like, oh, Rick Perry, I remember him. He was on Trump's administration for a little bit. Let's vote for him. Total, this is a perfect example of a PSYOP right here. Psychological operation on low-information voters in Texas who see that name and they're going to go and they're going to put a check mark because they don't know who anyone else is here except for Abbott, okay? Chad Prather, uh, this guy's funny. I mean, I don't think he stands a chance, but, you know, I would consider voting for him, but I'm not. Paul Ballou, this guy is like a... <laughs> this guy, he looks like... I don't even want to get into physical appearances, but he just looks not trustworthy. He's a lawyer, okay, here in Texas. Don't trust him. And then, of course, we have Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, retired. So uh, as, as I pointed out on our last episode of Lone Star News, your best bets to dethrone Abbott are going to be Alan West and Don Huffines, okay? So I would say fellow Texans who are wondering who to vote for on the Republican ticket... You can choose between Don Huffines and Alan West, in my opinion. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I know who I'm voting for. But uh, those would be your two best picks there, okay? Don Huffines and Alan B. West, your two best. Now we have for Lieutenant Governor, Aaron Sorrells, Dan Patrick, Daniel Miller, Todd Bullis, Tracy Bradford, Zach Vance. We'll try and do... Uh, we'll include this on our dive here, guys, whenever we're talking about the ballot on the upcoming episode. We got uh, Attorney General. I mean, you have a choice between Louis Gomer and Ken Paxton. I know who I'm voting for here. We know Louis Gomer has received a lot of, you know, favorable publicity. But, you know, uh, Ken Paxton went after Louis Gomer on his voting record. And I got to say, uh, when you're in office, your voting record is open game and it kind of shows you the fruit of your labor. And this man was absent on a lot of key conservative and Republican issues, guys. I liked Louis Gohmert, but when you're looking at his voting record, Ken Paxton has a much stronger case to remain attorney general. Uh, and then, of course, we don't even need to talk about George Prescott Bush, the man named after a pedophile and after a Nazi. 
And not to mention he's got the Bush family name. Yeah, Attorney General. <laughs> right, George. Right, Georgie boy. Yeah, we're really going to vote for you like Texans are that dumb, right? Uh, Comptroller of Public Accounts is also up on the ballot. You got two choices there. Commissioner of the General Land Office. Uh, let's see. I don't know any of these people. Okay. Uh, but we'll we'll try and look into this one. I mean, my my concern really, guys, are the judges. But again, we'll take a look at it. Uh, Commissioner of Agriculture. My vote is for Sid Miller. Okay. I uh, trust this man. And, uh, you know, we'll still take a look at these other two folks here. But yeah, Sid Miller's who I'm going for. Railroad Commissioner. Okay, we got one, two, three, four, five people to choose from here. Uh, we have a race in the Supreme Court place number nine. Okay, so we got two choices here. I'll try and do a dig on this. Um, for place number five for the Court of Criminal Appeals, Scott Walker, Clint Morgan. Again, we'll see what we can do there. Uh, State Board of Education District 1. We're going to have a race here. District 3, we're going to have a race here. And uh, State Senator, uh, District 25. I don't know. That's not my district, but uh, we got uh, two people there. Uh, let's see, District 121 will have another competition. You guys will have your uh, work cut out for you in District 122 with four choices to pick from. We got 123, 124, 125. A lot of these, I mean, there's, it's a no-brainer, right? There's only one, one candidate on the ticket. So, uh, you know, uh, are you going to vote you know, Democrat or are you going to vote Republican, right? Uh, okay, we got a criminal district attorney. We got some choices here. We got a county judge with some choices. Uh, let's see here. We got a more just who are not. Let's see, uh, we, what else we got going on here? County clerk. Uh, let's see, we got... Uh, Precinct 3, Justice of the Peace, got some choices here. County Chairman choices here. And then we have some propositions. This is going to be general ticket. In light of the federal government's refusal to defend the southern border, Texas should immediately deploy National Guard, Texas military forces, and necessary state law enforcement. We'll take a look at these propositions, okay, guys, on our next episode when we do a dig into this stuff. So there you go. There's an example of what you have on the ticket. It's going to be a busy ticket, guys. It is going to be an absolutely busy ticket, y'all. So, uh, well, what do we got? What do we got? Well, we'll see. All right, guys. So uh, we got a few more minutes left before we wrap it up. I just wanted to run down this ballot with you guys. And then, of course, here's some general information. What do we got here? Is this my general information? Oh, it's not. Did we skip that? Let me see real quick. Oh, somehow we jumped all the way ahead. Uh, let me get uh, over here. Uh, general information for the Texas primary coming up. And we'll run through this again, guys, in an upcoming episode prior to the, the uh, primary runoff thingamajigger contest, not runoff. Uh, let me pull you down here to uh, this general information stuff for you guys. Oh, hey, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. What do you know? Why am I not getting the information that I want? This should have been the one. So, uh, okay. Well, I guess uh, this information is not available to me at the moment. This is not what I'm looking for. Okay. We'll just move off this page. I'll get you. It's just, you know, things that you need to know, like a voter ID, etc., all that good stuff. 
So, okay, we got two stories to cover here before we close up shop. You guys might be wondering why I have Rhino Abbott on the screen yet again, and who's that man? He looks like he looks like he might be a participant in the big old the good old boys you know club there, right? Like he's he's got his hands in big money somehow. You think so? Do you think that's a possibility? Well, in light of this new election coming up with the primaries, we got a lot of information coming out. Now, one of the biggest concerns that Texans have had, ladies and gentlemen, has to do with what happened last February during Snowmageddon, where over 100 Texans died in cold, freezing weather, and over 4 million Texans lost electricity. We got a lot of information coming out about that, guys, and it's not going to bode well for Abbott, as it turns out that Abbott has actually benefited with money from some of the energy boards and companies that are coming under fire for what happened to the power grid last February. Ladies and gentlemen, this is pretty big stuff right here. Uh, we have this released uh, from uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Alan West, who is running for governor. He had this press release that he uh, that tells us Governor Abbott has failed to secure the power grid and address ERCOT management and protect Texans. But the question here, Lieutenant Governor, is why has Abbott failed to do so? Well, let's see what the press release says from uh, Governor... I keep calling him Governor. From <laughs> from uh, from uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, it says here, Governor Abbott has received $2.25 million dollars from Kelsey L. Warren, including an additional $1 million during the 2022 election cycle, Mr. Warren is the billionaire executive chairman of the Board for Energy Transfer, LP. As Texans froze to death last year, energy transfer raked in close to $2.5 billion. This is a clear conflict of interest, especially since 400,000 Texans might be losing power next week, as cold weather rocks the state. No government official should be placing corporate donors over the well-being of citizens. Governor Abbott's current position is concerning, to say the least. Lieutenant Colonel West stated, Texans are at risk of losing power because of threats from energy transfer who profited during last year's freeze. Governor Abbott is silent about this threat since he is bought and paid for by the CEO of Energy Transfer, this is the pure example of crony capitalism at the expense of Texans. It's apparent from the maltreatment of our Texas National Guard troops to selling out Texas children to gender reassignment clinics. Greg Abbott cares more about his campaign war chest than Texans. As Governor Lieutenant Colonel retired Alan West would not allow the elites to dictate policy, the role of elected officials is to be servant leaders, not running dogs for corporate overlords. Texans deserve leadership that will place them first, not treat them as an afterthought. Whoa, ho, ho, ladies and gentlemen and fellow Texans. Now, isn't that a little bit of a piece of information worth writing home to? Indeed, it appears that Governor Abbott has received money from big energy. And, and also, you know, we have pointed out that Abbott did receive campaign finance money from Big Pharmaceutical that has uh, been uh, the creators and the manufacturers of 
chemical castration drugs that are used for children who want their sex change. And we all know that amounts to uh, not a hill of beans, ladies and gentlemen, but to child abuse. And it needs to be corrected. Now, this article here, uh, which comes to us from KHOU out of Houston, which Texas governor candidate has benefited the most from the energy industry? Do tell, do tell. Let's see what this article has to say. It says the epic Texas freeze fueled a surge of campaign cash with the war chest of Governor Greg Abbott dwarfing other candidates in energy interest contributions, according to KHOU 11 analysis of data from the Texas Ethics Commission. Since 2021, Abbott's campaign received at least $7.8 million from oil and gas companies, energy executives, and energy-related political action committees. The campaign coffers of Republican challenger Donald Huffines took in $258,643 from energy interests. Democrat hopeful Bevo O'Rourke only received $41,380 in energy-related contributions. So here you go. You know Houston, another uh, another blue blood, you know, a tampon there in the uh, political landscape of Texas. Um, they're they're saying, you know, they're saying, well, Bedo isn't so bad because he only took in forty one thousand uh, dollars. Don Huffines, much to the chagrin of uh, Republican voters, took in two hundred and fifty eight thousand dollars from energy, big energy in Texas. But uh, yeah, anyway, so the article continues. Business and industry, and particularly oil and gas, bet on winners. And what they're telling you is who they believe is going to be the next governor of Texas, said Bob Stein, a KHOU 11 political analyst. If Bethel had a chance of winning this election, I assure you he would be getting oil and gas money. O'Rourke's campaign described Abbott's energy contributions as extortion, corruption, and unacceptable. They include 33 checks of $100,000 or more and a $1 million contribution from energy transfer partner CEO Kelsey Warren, whose pipeline company reportedly made more than $2 billion during the blackouts last year. Since 2021, 15.4% of Abbott's campaign contributions have come from energy interests, according to the KHOU 11 analysis. The bigger the donation, the harder it is to justify, UH political science professor Brandon Rottinghouse said. Rottinghouse added that the timing of those big checks can be critical. The fact that this $1 million donation came right on the heels of the major decision the uh, the governor made on the energy grid does, I think, raise suspicions for voters. Abbott's campaign in a statement said the governor has worked to protect Texans' high-paying oil and gas jobs, while O'Rourke would kill hundreds of thousands of Texas energy jobs with his Green New Deal agenda. And this is all true, okay? Abbott's not lying, but Abbott did take money from big oil and big energy. I should say big energy more so than oil in, re- in this regard. So, uh, and has done nothing about the grid, ladies and gentlemen. Both political scientists said big energy's influence will likely not be the only issue voters will think about when it comes time to hit the polls. They said the economy and border security will be key points on the campaign trail and voters will tend to forget last year's power failures as time moves on. And that's what they expect of voters, ladies and gentlemen. People who organize these political campaigns, you know, the managers, etc. 
they are all about us forgetting about what has happened, all right? That's what they depend on. That's the big mistake they, met, they made with Trump voters in particular, and especially those who are looking at the 2020 general election and the fraud that took place there, the theft and the coup that occurred on that day. We hadn't forgotten yet. Let's make sure that Texans don't forget what happened in February of last year. And let's ensure that anyone who received or benefited monetarily from that in any way knows that we will hold them accountable. All right, last story before we wrap up today's episode of Lone Star News. Told you we're only going to be here for an hour today, guys, or so. Uh, Let's talk about the border, okay? Let's talk about the border. It's been made mention that is also going to be one of the big issues that is coming out of this primary season. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we had, what, Operation Lone Star go into effect, what, just over a year ago, right? And uh, in this instance, what we were doing is uh, we're seeing, uh, because Abbott has been so um, prominent about talking about how the federal government has not been doing its job, I would say, yeah, very true. Federal government hasn't been. Now, personally, I do believe that Abbott has been running all of his politics and his uh, processes in line with his campaign to ensure he gets the biggest turnout in favor of himself based on his policies and what he's doing um, it's it's pretty obvious here, guys, that uh, there could be some stuff going on there at the border, and it's just a show is kind of what it's starting to look like. We've had so many troops deployed, a National Guard, Texas National Guard deployed, but we don't see a big turnout. We see more, we see that there's complaints coming from the, uh, from the troops down on the border. They're saying that they're not doing what they were supposed to be doing. They're being given no clear direction is also what we're hearing. Uh, perhaps we can ask um, Lieutenant Colonel West about this. He has a pretty big point of view on what's going on down there in the border in regard to our National Guards. Let's take a look at this article here. Uh, This article says we are absolutely political pawns here. That's Rhino Abbott being condemned over mistreatment of National Guard. Now, this is something that this is a story that is developing and is continuing to develop the more we move forward into what's happening at the border and uh, the open border, I should say. Uh, Now, this article here, let me see, where do we get this from? This is coming from TPR, Texas Public Radio. First of all, I don't believe that my... uh, I don't believe that any of my uh, taxpayer money should be going to an agency like Texas Public Radio because, after all, they use my money against me most of the time. Uh, But let's not get off into, like, a soapbox, Mr. C. Uh, Let's see what this article has to say about the issue. It says, uh, for the past year, Governor Greg Abbott has amassed thousands of National Guard troops to the border as part of his controversial Operation Lone Star program. The program enlists the Department of Public Safety along with the Texas National Guard to arrest migrants on state trespassing charges to deter border crossings. It's controversial for a number of reasons. Critics say immigration is under the purview of the federal government. Critics also say it violates due process for migrants. The program was recently ruled unconstitutional by a judge in Travis County. Of course a judge in Travis County is going to rule it unconstitutional. Are you kidding me? 
No, 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 no. I agree with Governor Abbott on, uh, you know, taking over the job that the federal government has failed to do. Okay. Now, um, I believe in due process in general, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, but uh, they are failing to, you know, tell you here that this is illegal immigration, that a migrant is a migrant. But uh, if you cross the border illegally, you're in the country illegally. Okay. We are all for legal migration, at least here in the audience of those at Lone Star News. Now it says, Abbott originally earned praise from conservatives for his border mission until recent revelations from the Army Times about suicides, poor working conditions, and pay issues were coming out among the guardsmen, okay? Now actually, I think what we should do, I think we would be better served by looking at that instead of what this left-wing publication has to say, hey, where'd you come from, Lone Star News? Let me let me go ahead and fix this issue here. Give me one moment, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna take. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this the right way, guys. Okay, and uh, we'll look at the Army Times article. I have another one here that's actually from San Antonio Report that talks. Uh, this is also another very strong article. Now, this is not uh, the San Antonio Report is a is not associated with the San Antonio Express News, but. Uh, Okay, is this from David Winkle as well? Let me see here real quick. I want to make sure. Yeah, okay. So San Antonio Report basically mirrored this article from Army Times. So that's to the, uh, that's to the benefit of that news organization. I think we're making pretty good headway though, don't you think? Hey, Sean Joe, what's up? Thank you for gifting uh, 100, uh, 100 gold pills there, over there. Hi, Veronique. How are you doing this afternoon? Good to see you in the audience. And Kaori, good to see you as well, sir. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be live for just a few more minutes and then uh, we'll be uh, heading back into the desk to work on uh, this evening's C-Report. All right, we'll talk a little bit about more of that in a minute. Okay, let's look, let's check out this Army Times uh, article before we push off, guys. Wave of suicides hit Texas National Guard's border mission. Four soldiers have taken their own lives in two months. Uh, let's see here. It says uh, PFC Joshua R. Cortez was preparing to accept a lifetime job with one of the nation's biggest health insurance companies in late October. But the Texas National Guard had other ideas. The state's mission to guard its border with Mexico, known as Operation Lone Star, was rapidly expanding, and that meant involuntary actions were necessary to meet Governor Abbott's troop quotas. Cortez was one of the soldiers tapped to go on state active duty orders with no idea how long the mission would last. See, now they had no clear definition of the length of the mission, and they also, from what I understand, have no clear objective. But let's continue. It says, I've been waiting for this job, and I'm on my way to getting hired, the 21-year-old mechanic wrote in his request for a hardship release from the mission. I missed my opportunity in September when I had to go on the flood mission in Louisiana. I cannot miss this opportunity because it is my last opportunity for this lifetime job. Cortez's company commander recommended approval, but his battalion commander and brigade commander, Colonel Robert Crockham of the 176th Engineer Brigade, disapproved, writing, soldier can deploy if offered a job, then soldier can be given time for training. Crockham uh, signed the form at 8.19 p.m. on November 4th. Sometime in the next 36 hours, Cortez drove to a parking lot in northwest San Antonio and shot himself. That's terrible. Um, first responders found him at 7.40 a.m. on November 6th. Cortez and three other soldiers tied to Operation Lone Star have died by suspected suicide in the past two months. According to family members, guard troops currently on the mission and official documents uh, obtained by Army Times. 
Sergeant Jose L. De Hoyas was found dead in Laredo, Texas on October 26th. He was a member of the 949th Brigade Support Battalion's headquarters company. Cortez died overnight, November 6th. First Sergeant John Kenny Crutcher died on November 12th as time ran out on his temporary hardship waiver. He was the top NCO for B Company, 3rd Battalion, 144th Infantry. And First Lieutenant Charles Williams, a platoon leader in Crutcher's company, died at home overnight, December 17th, while on pass. The string of suicides raises urgent questions about the mission's conditions and purpose, as well as the way it's organized and manned through indefinite involuntary call-ups, according to the Texas Army National Guard's former top enlisted soldier. Operation Lone Star is a separate mission from the federally controlled National Guard Task Force on the U.S.-Mexico border, which was the subject of a previous Army Times investigation. Retired Command Sergeant Major Jason Featherston, who was the Texas Army National Guard's senior enlisted leader from May 2020 until retiring November 3rd, detailed many of the issues plaguing the units, including guardsmen's complaints about a seeming lack of purpose in the mission in a series of interviews. The Texas military department's leadership has lost focus on what matters most, and that's the soldier, he said. Their inability to focus on the individual soldier's needs have cost several lives, and until they focus, more tragedies will continue to happen. Army Times reached an unnamed Texas military department spokesperson via email, the department's public affairs staff typically does not speak on the record unlike other elements across the National Guard and obscures their identities via a group email address. The spokesperson cautioned, some of these deaths are still part of an open investigation pending a final cause of death, but all four deaths reportedly occurred via self-inflicted gunshot wounds according to official documents and sources familiar with the deaths. The loss of any service member is a tragedy and mitigating loss through enforcing safety protocols and ensuring resources that promote the total health of the force is something the Texas military department takes seriously, the spokesperson added. They pointed to the organization's 24-hour confidential counseling lines for soldiers and commanders, in addition to their large team of independently licensed therapists that offer services free of charge to all department personnel. In addition to the aforementioned resources, there is a behavioral health team assigned to Operation Lone Star with members in each region our task force supports, the spokesperson said. The OLS behavioral health team practices proactive face-to-face -face outreach through education on self-care, crisis mitigation, and resources available. Critics of the mission have claimed that its rapid expansion has been motivated by politics. Abbott, the state's governor, faces a stiff primary challenge in March from conservative friarbrand Alan West, a former Ar army officer who was forced to retire after torturing an Iraqi detainee in 2003. West, a former Florida congressman who was elected chairman of the Texas Republican Party in July 2020, made securing the U.S.-Mexico border a primary element of his pl platform. He resigned from the post in June 2021, announcing his candidacy for governor a month later. Featherston described the mission's political motives as common knowledge around the office. He said the morale of guardsmen sent to Texas border began deteriorating from when the mission expanded from a small volunteer-driven effort during the spring and summer when only 1,000 soldiers were on mission to an involuntary assignment. On September 20th, Abbott ordered more than ordered another 1,500 troops activated, according to planning documents. 
Soon after, on October 7th, Abbott, Abbott activated an additional 2,500 Guard members for the operation, raising the total to 5,000. As, as of the moment, sorry, as of the most recent manpower adjustments, there are now around 10,000 Texas Military Department personnel supporting Operation Lone Star, according to a November operations order. On that number, 6,500 are along the border and 3,500 are supporting the mission from other areas of the state. What's going on out there? The increased demand for troops on the border meant that the department had to resort to involuntarily activating entire units from the Texas National Guard and mobilizing members of the Texas State Guard. With the September and October activations, units received less than two weeks' notice to report to the border. One soldier who spoke on condition of anonymity told Army Times that his unit had only four days' official notice. Soldiers don't have time to prepare for being away from home when they receive such little notice, said Featherston. For most federal deployments, guard troops receive several months' notice and are carefully walked through a mobilization process that helps them settle their civilian affairs. For Operation Lone Star, the process was rushed and left many soldiers still trying to resolve issues at home while at the border. Meanwhile, after the Texas legislature demanded a budget cut, the Texas Guard massively slashed its tuition assistance benefit to balance its books, leaving many troops stranded without the reimbursement payments they'd been counting on for the fall semester, which was already underway. That stress was compounded by widespread pay issues as the state's human resources system struggled to keep up with the sudden payroll increase. When reached by Army Times in November, Texas Military Department spokesperson Major Martha Nigrel uh, acknowledged the issues and attributed it to a lag with initial processing from onboarding the troops as temporary state employees for their time on state active duty. The state has mostly resolved the issues of soldiers not getting paid, a staff officer from the mission said, but two soldiers complained to Army Times that their paychecks are, are for different amounts each pay period and that they don't receive pay stubs to review for discrepancies. Hardship requests. Although the department is aware there may be hardship situations for some service members and are reviewing these on a case-by-case -case basis, Nigrel said, many troops who asked to not go on the mission were sent to the border while their requests were under review. Because the state needed troops so badly, the deputy commanding generals of the 36th Infantry Division eventually became the approval authority for hardship requests rather than local commanders. Senior leaders ended up requiring all battalion commanders across the division have a call with one of the deputy commanding generals and explain by name which soldiers were not available for Operation Lone Star, a staff officer said. The department spokesperson confirmed that hardship requests and policies are managed at the major subordinate command level, which includes the 36th Infantry Division. They were unable to provide data on how many requests have been processed or approved. The agency-wide policy for hardship requests is currently under review, the spokesperson added. Many hardship requests were granted on condition that the service member would deploy within a set time frame, according to the staff officer. That's what happened with Crutcher, the infantry first sergeant who died by suicide in November, his wife, Heather Seymour, said. Crutcher asked for and received a temporary hardship accommodation in September after his wife had emergency surgery that left her unable to assist in caring for her disabled brother, David. 
I am the sole provider in the home which facilitates daily care for a wheelchair-bound adult special needs family member, he wrote in his memo. Currently, we are seeking assistance from the state government. However, we have been placed on a waiting list for an undetermined time frame. That earned him a temporary reprieve, Seymour said, but his mind was on the border with his soldiers and he received his promotion to first sergeant in October. He was determined to stay home and help with my daughter and brother until I was able to lift and move heavy things, she said via a text message. He was in contact with his Joes constantly and trying to address their problems remotely. She does not know when exactly his temporary hardship was set to expire, saying she thought he was off this mission and in for next year. But an unknown number of soldiers have had their requests denied, including Cortez, and commands have received orders to pursue arrest warrants and criminal charges under the Texas Code of Military Just Justice for service members who don't report, the staff officer said. Living conditions and mental health. Out on the mission, some troops are chafing at their living conditions and what they perceive as a lack of purpose. They're not doing shit on the border, Featherston said, directly contradicting Abbott and Texas military department officials who have said the troops are making a marked difference in security. According to the press releases from the TMD and Texas, the public, uh, Texas Public Department Safety, guard troops have been helping to build border barriers, man lookout posts, and in some cases even arrest Im illegal immigrants. The goal is to combat human and drug trafficking into Texas, Nigrel said. At the mission's heart is an agreement between the state's public safety department and more than 100 private landowners to press criminal trespass charges against illegal immigrants. That led to a surge of illegal immigrant prosecution in the state courts. Now the American Civil Liberties Union is asking the Federal Department of Justice to intervene due to alleged civil rights violations for the illegal immigrants. But Army Times struggled to find evidence of widespread arrests directly conducted by Texas National Guard personnel beyond a handful of photographs shared by Abbott and Texas officials online. One junior soldier assigned to the observation post said, We just sleep in a Humvee. I have not heard any confirmed reports of the National Guard soldier being directly involved with law enforcement operations at the border, the staff officer said. I've seen the PR releases. Current leadership is focused on pleasing a governor versus soldier safety. Meanwhile, there's these freaking sleeping trailers that the soldiers are in, Featherston said. Many of the guardsmen have their own personal firearms in the trailers, too, because Texas is a state with strong Second Amendment protections, including a constitu constitutional carry law signed this summer. Guard troops in a state active duty status there are considered state employees and cannot be ordered to not carry their own weapons. Amid a sea of personal weapons, in addition to official duty weapons with live ammunition, some are concerned a suicidal ideation crisis is brewing, and they're worried that the death toll will continue to mount unless Texas leaders take immediate action. One junior soldier on the border said a soldier in his platoon publicly declared his suicidal intent earlier this month. Officials confiscated his personal weapons, but within 24 hours, he was handed his rifle and live ammo and sent back out on mission. I don't think suicidal thoughts are something you can sleep off, the junior soldier said. A staff NCO on the mission said the state's mental health efforts are purely reactionary in nature, and senior leaders are just going through the motions. It feels robotic and canned. Featherston agreed, saying it seems like there's just lip service. 
when it comes to suicide and mental health support. The staff officer, though, pointed to a broader trend of discontent. TMD is approaching a breaking point due in large part to a failure of leadership, he said. Many of us believe that Operation Lone Star will be that final straw. And it says here, if you or a loved one is experiencing thoughts of self-harm or suicide, you can confidentially seek assistance via the Military Veterans Crisis Line at 800-273-8255 and via text at 838255 or chat at veteranscrisisline.net. And, uh, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, that is that is a terrible report from the border, don't you think, guys, in regards to our national, um, our national guard? Jeez Louise, ladies and gentlemen. So one has to wonder, and this is just a mirror, this is the same article mirrored on the San Antonio report. I'm going to have to get a hold of the San Antonio report and see what's up with those guys. I'm going to have to look more into them. But yeah, that's crazy, guys. That is just... An insane amount of news that is uh, not the best news to hear on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, But we'll be able to talk more about this topic now. Another story I am following, ladies and gentlemen, and, you know, if as I get more information on this, is that there are reports that some members of the National Guard and also of the uh, uh, Border Patrol are actually being ordered to assist cartels. Okay, so that this is developing, guys. It's developing, but uh, hopefully we can get more information on that. And I, I mean, like, they're being sent down there to assist the cartels. Like, okay. Now, make no mistake, guys. Um, I absolutely agree with getting this border crisis under control. Uh, this is me personally speaking here, guys. My... Thoughts and opinions do not reflect those of my audience or people abroad, but um, it's just crazy that this is the case. Now, we've heard that, just like this article reports in other instances, that a lot of the uh, National Guard and other members of our armed services here in the state of Texas have been given no clear assignment, no clear direction, no clear timeline and and could it be that this is actually just one big political maneuver that Abbott has used to ensure he gets more support as we are in election season? It's disgusting because when you think about it, Abbott could have taken care of this issue back in, I don't know, January of 2021 when uh, President-select illegitimate Joe signed all of those executive orders that undid the work that President Trump did to rein in the cartels, to rein in illegal immigration, and to strengthen our borders and strengthen the support of those who are already risking their lives down there to ensure the safety of Texans and the sovereignty of this state and nation. I'm just saying. All right, guys, that's all the time that we got for this afternoon and this edition of Lone Star News. I know it was a quick one. We went just over an hour, an hour and a quarter, not too bad. Thank you all for joining us. If you are live over at Rumble, Twitch, or at Clout Hub, we appreciate your presence and we appreciate your attendance as always. And also, of course, uh, to our friends over at the foxhole.app and pill.net. We had what Elf Spark, Sonia was in the house, Liz Garcia, good to see you, Sean Joe. 
uh, and everyone else over there, Kiori and uh, let's see, uh, uh, Judy the Lady Pug, Day Tripper, all you guys. We will be back in a little bit uh, for uh, the Sea Report, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are going on live early today because I will also be doing another show tonight over at the Speak Uneasy's channel. Uh, for this, the news. So uh, look forward to um, a C, the C report coming up at you guys and probably uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half or so. We'll be on a little bit earlier than normal for Wednesday uh, for the C report. And uh, we'll have some news and views on a nation's, nationwide scale. And also don't forget, guys, we will have Lieutenant Colonel Alan West here on the show with us on Friday. So mark your calendars, let your friends know, get the links ready, spread the links, spread the word. If you want to hear a live interview with uh, myself and Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. Well, that is something to look forward to on a Friday evening. Okay, we got a busy day ahead for us. That's it for Lone Star News. The Sea Report is coming up in about an hour, hour and a half or so. And then, uh, well, we will be over at the Speaking Easy's channel tonight. So, you're going to see a lot of Mr. C tonight. And uh, I hope you guys uh, will be aboard with us for the fun and the, uh, and the journey. All right. Till then, guys, this is Mr. C signing out. We will see you all soon. Take care, have a good afternoon, and go get yourselves a good dinner, guys, because I'm sure you've earned it. See you next time.